Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, legendary Imagineer Marty Sklar passes away at the age of 83. Comcast's second quarter earnings reveal very good news for their theme parks, and Disney might be facing some potential union issues. We'll tell you more about that. Steve Porter is going to be joining us a little later on from Animal Kingdom, and we're also going to discuss some of the ways you keep the Disney magic alive. All of that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 949 for the week of August 1st, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Teresa Eccles. Hey, y'all. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. Back in the nook, our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. And joined by two new faces at the table this week. First, Mr. Charles Boda. Hello. Charles um, has been, Charles has actually been with us uh, since January. Uh, this is his first, he's been doing the Daily Fix, I think, yeah. since April. Something around there. Yeah. And uh, first time here at the table, Charles is one of the editors, one of our writers uh, on the Diz. And uh, I'm also pleased to introduce you to the newest member of the Diz team, Mr. Tyler Crouch. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good to see you all. He's way too happy. Wow. I know, right? I, He's I, like, I, that'll I turn it on. Yeah, really. Can I, I have a redo? you got to grind Can me down. Do me a favor. My, my headphones are a little high here. Um, <laughs> I want a redo. I, I better my headphones are high than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tyler uh, Tyler's the newest member of the team. Tyler is actually, uh, you're, from, uh, you're from Mountain California. I am. I am from California. And I've been a fan of uh, the Diz Unplugged for a few years. And then on top of that, I've been a fan of theme parks forever. So... You know, it just makes sense to to join in, and I hope everybody comes on adventures with me in Disneyland. It should be fun. Well, we're um, uh, we we met Tyler for the first time last year during the yeah, uh, tenth anniversary. Yeah, right. And uh, we've all kind of become friends. And uh, Tyler's been submitting some videos for us from Disneyland, and he did such a great job. I decided decided to hire him. So he's our new full-time person, a, another new full-time person now out in California. So he's going to be doing a lot of stuff with the Disneyland team and uh, a lot of videos right. from the Disneyland park. So we're really excited about and that. And not to steal any thunder from Corey, but I am very happy to be here. So. <laughs> His little intro was like a little Mouseketeer. <laughs> yeah, he added something Tyler. new to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what can I do? So, yeah, um, little uh, little change up little change up this week. Obviously, John and Kevin are still on their Alaska cruise. If you're following them on Twitter, uh, lots of cool stuff uh, coming out uh, coming out of that. Um, they're having a good time. I forget. I forgot. They've got a nice group of people yeah. up there with them, too. So yeah. um, that's where they are. I'm not sure when they're back. Do you know? No. They're also, they're also posting on the Dreams on a Travel Twitter account. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that on the show before. But it's, uh, it's Dreams You Travel. I think 
but yeah, it is. Okay, it's dreams you travel. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they've been doing I, that. I'm glad I'm not the only one who looks to Craig for confirmation. <laughs> it's like I, I set the damn thing up. You would think I would know it, <laughs> but Craig keeps track of things. <laughs> I don't know how he keeps things straight in his head, but yeah, we all always end up looking at Craig like, yes, is that right? <laughs> um, that's where that's what it's come to. Yeah. That's what it's come to. And Craig's like, mm-hmm. um, so, all right, a couple things uh, in housekeeping. Um, first, want to uh, remind everybody to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash disunplugged, also youtube.com slash WDW info, so some of the different, uh, different videos that we produce for the Diz, and youtube.com slash dreams unlimited travel uh, if you want to keep up with the great Dreams Unlimited Travel podcasts. And this is a perfect segue into our shows for this week, starting with the Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast every Monday, disunplugged.com. Uh, this week, it's a Q&A on what it's like to work with Dreams as a client, what you can expect working with Dreams Unlimited Travel as a client. Also, every Monday, disunplugged.com, uh, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged with host Tom Bell and his team, this week, Tony reviews the Hearthstone Lounge, which is over at uh, the Grand Californian, one of my favorite places to go and chill. First of all, they make really decent coffee in the morning when you stay in there. It's like a great place to go get a cup of coffee. But, you know, usually we're there when I'm staying at the Grand, staying, you know, we're there with the ABD uh, groups that we do. And that's just such a cool place to go back with everybody and we like take over the lounge and yeah. I just go there for the checks mix they provide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly. That giant fireplace. Yeah. I love the giant fireplace in there. Yeah. That's that's like one of my favorite things. And the wings. The wings are so good. And that checks mix. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so um of course every Wednesday, disunplug.com, the best and worst of Walt Disney World, with myself and Mr. Steve Porter. Uh this week um we discuss your worst cast member experiences. We asked uh, some time ago for folks to send in their best and worst cast member experiences. And I'm going to tell you, we got far more best stories than we did worst. That's good. Um, but uh, so this week it is the worst cast member experiences. Next week it will be the best. So some interesting stories, though. One, the, the, the number one worst one was like, oh my God. I can't imagine. It I, was I'm an oh my, it. it was like, even like for all the stories I've heard over the years about messed up things that have happened, oh. this one was like, you gotta be kidding me. So tune in Wednesday, you'll find out what that wow. is. Um, every Thursday, disunplugged.com, the universal edition of the Disunplugged with. Mr. Craig Williams and the giant head of Rhino Clavin. Oh, and Rhino is in Ireland, scaring the locals um, in the hills, wherever <laughs> wherever they are. But there's all these pictures of his giant head and like hills that are dwarfed. And no other comparison. people, just no they people. can't fit in the picture. I don't no, know what the deal there's is. There's no other people in so Rhino's just, pictures. Just him Rhino. and sheep. Him and sheep. <laughs> and, and cows. The, and the sheep are nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, so uh, this week, Craig, uh, your news, uh, you got the latest news and a dining review. Mm-hmm. And what is your dining review of, Craig? Oh, it's of uh, Blondie's. So, uh, and what is Blondie's? Just for people who don't know. Uh, yeah, so Blondie's is a restaurant um, inside Toon Lagoon area, and it is, um, it is the home of the Dagwood sandwich from... Uh, 
from Blondie. Blondie. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Um, I didn't know if I had to go that far in depth. So a couple, a couple weeks back, we tried a new way of doing, um, doing in-park dining segments uh, for our show where we actually did the more vlog style that we uh, pre-record and release, and this was one of them. And this might be the most garbage restaurant I've ever eaten at in a theme park. So it's a fun one. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, the person who served us food, um, who was potentially going to serve us food alone, he had all these drips, uh, like beads of sweat just getting ready to drip off his face inside all like the deli platters that they had set out. And so we just were looking at it like, okay, we got to move one step over and get away from this guy or we're going to have sweaty food. It was so <laughs> gross. It was bad. So it, it's an entertaining one for sure. Yeah. All right, so tune in Thursday for sweaty deli meat. Um, <laughs> because uh, New shirt. Yeah, there's that. And, of course, every Friday, uh, DizUnplugged.com, Dizpop with Rhino Clavin. This week, uh, it is Nick of the 90s, the history of Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been getting a lot of requests uh, for, you know, we've gone over, like, Disney afternoon cartoons, and obviously we always focus on Disney, Marvel, uh, Lucasfilm, all that good stuff. But uh, we've been getting a lot of requests on covering Nickelodeon. So uh, it's a multi-part series. We're doing this week, we talked about, like, the history of Nickelodeon, how it came to be um, through the, the 90s and then next week after that we're covering uh, some of the animated shows from the 90s like Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, all that and then uh, doing the live action shows the week after that and yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff there, So especially if you grew up in the 90s Awesome So you can check all those shows out disunplugged.com or by subscribing to our YouTube channels get notifications when shows go up, when vlogs go up, all that good stuff Find links to all that and more on our show notes page, disunplugged.com. A couple other things uh, we need to talk about in uh, housekeeping. And I know you have something uh, to talk about, Miss Eccles. I do. On last week's show, I made an offhanded comment about All-Stars, and I need to apologize for that. Um, I think it was taken in a different manner than I intended it. It was part of a kind of a little jokey we thing. Were we, we were joking around. We were joking around. And I made a little comment, and some people took it the wrong way, and I apologize for that. It was not intended that way. I love All-Stars. I've stayed at All-Stars. And I know you're just, you know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's kind of, that's what it is. Yeah, and I, I want to apologize as well. Yeah, we, we yeah. got into a, we, we just got into a little jokey thing, and certainly our intention was not to no, offend anyone or hurt anybody. anyone's feelings. It really made me feel bad because a lot of the comments I got back weren't people angry, although one was. Um, it was people that were hurt, and that just sends us, yeah. you know, especially the crier, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm good. I just, um, it was weird. I went back and watched it again, and I knew how it was intended. Right. And I'm thinking, well, how could only people I would offend are the people that couldn't afford what we were talking about? And I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But anyway, I'm sorry. She's getting, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making her cry for you. It's all good. I'm good. I'm making her cry for you. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I, I also want to apologize. I, you know, we were just, it was banter. It was banter and it was, ta- you know, we, we went someplace we shouldn't have. And so I apologize. I apologize as well. Never, ever my intention, any of our intentions, obviously, to hurt anyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so if, for those that, that were hurt by those comments. I do want to extend my sincerest mm-hmm. apologies, as Teresa is as well. Um, 
that we will be more careful in the future. What? What are you laughing at? Someone's wondered if you apologize for your comment yet from D23. I believe it was the bag of... Um, bag of dicks? No, I will not apologize for that. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> right back. Because you know what? The security, the security at the convention center was, in fact, a bag of dicks. They were so nasty and so rude. Um, and there was one interaction in particular that... I'm not going to go into the details of it, but it was so... Absolutely unnecessary. This guy was just being a jerk. Um, and so, no, I absolutely, I will never apologize wow. for that comment. Um, because it is, if I'm being, if it's truthful, um, why should I apologize for it? I'm being honest. So Bag of um, dicks. Yep. I've never said that before. Okay, you don't get my a, list. You're not allowed to say it. I can say it. Okay. You cannot. Um, I have one more. I have a housekeeping. Okay. Um, I know we talk about cast members a lot, good and bad. I need to give a big shout out to my my little sister, Anna. She was recently promoted as a Golden Oak sales agent, which is a big deal. Big deal. She started um, working at Disney in 2003 as a lifeguard at Caribbean Beach. And then after college, she came back and did a whole slew of uh cast member roles from entertainment to VIP tour guide to guest relations and she started working at Golden Oak in 2010 as a sales assistant I don't know if I'm using a proper word but it doesn't matter she's been promoted to a sales agent one of five so if you're looking to buy a home at Golden Oak <laughs> so if you're looking to buy a home I'm giving her a big plug here um, and if you you know you can contact me and I'll put you in contact with her because I know there are so many people ready to buy go- homes at Golden Oak. Yeah, I mean, they only, you know? I mean, the, you know, look, I, I think it's very reasonable. Yeah. The, the, the least expensive home in there, I believe, is $2 million. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I can imagine Everybody her phone's going to ring off the hook. But I, I consider my sister, Anna, a, like a, you know, the model cast member. She oh, is, yeah. not only did she move up, she's also a legacy award winner mm-hmm. that you were voted oh. on by your peers. She is what I consider a model cast. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I really wish... She, she embodies know, she embodies the very best. Complete. So, congratulations, congratulations Anna. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations, Anna. Um, one more thing before we move on to the news. A sad note that I, I want to extend our condolences to the family of uh, one of our listeners who's been on several podcast cruises and events of ours over the years. Um, I don't... I hope I'm not mispronouncing his last name. Um, it's Cedric uh, Goge, I believe, is how the last name is pronounced. Wheelsy, as he was known. Um, uh, died, uh, uh, Cedric was, uh, was a quadriplegic um, and uh, joined us on a lot, of our, a lot of our adventures with his family and uh, died very suddenly last week. Um, so I want to uh, just extend our condolences um, to, uh, to his family. Um, I can't imagine absolutely uh, what they're going through. Um, so I would ask that you keep them in your thoughts and your your prayers. Yeah, um, kind of also along a sad note, uh, one of our listeners who's been on podcast crews come to events, um, she was supposed to be in Alaska with John and oh, Kevin, yeah. uh, Patty Thornton. Uh, she had a dryer fire, dryer fire in her house and burned down, I believe, half of her house. The left morning, her the morning of, life. she was supposed to yeah. leave for the cruise, and her her oh her cat passed away. In yeah, the so just wanted to say, I know she's probably watching this um, since she's unfortunately not able to be in Alaska. So we're yeah. thinking about her. We'll see her at the next event. Like we do for your yes. kitty too. Yeah, yeah. that's and a she shame. Was, she was injured a little bit too, but she's yeah. doing. She's okay. Yeah, she's gonna be all right. <sighs> that's a shame. 
Yeah. So, well, on uh, moving into the news, obviously our first news story this week is a sad note for all Disney fans. Legendary Disney Imagineer Marty Sklar passed away last week at his Hollywood Hills home uh, at the age of 83. Uh, Marty had worked very closely with Walt Disney in his 54-year illustrious career and was instrumental in creating, enhancing, and expanding Disney's creative vision. Uh, he was named a Disney legend back in 2001 and uh, is most recognized for his work in bringing Disney theme parks to life. He had wonderful stories. Uh, we, we had the privilege of uh, spending some time with Marty a couple times, actually. A couple times, yeah. Um, over, the la- over the last few years. And um, one of the things that I- I've noticed this with any of the Imagineers that I've met, whether it was Marty... Uh, Sklar, Tony Baxter, um, uh, uh, Kevin Kevin Kidney and Jody Daly, yeah. Bob Gurr, um, all very different personalities, but they all share one thing in common: just this humility. Oh yeah, this absolute humble approach to their work. Um, they don't think who they are. Um, they, it's it really and and Marty more than anything. I mean. I remember when we had him. Uh, it was for, at it was at Shula's. I at think Shula's. that was our first dinner at Shula's, and I remember not even concentrating on my steak that I normally do. Um, <laughs> just just listening to his stories because that was the first time I've ever met somebody that can tell stories about Walt from and being I, in the room. It, yeah, right. it first was time. just you know I get the goosebumps thinking about it. You know, just those stories, and that was the first time. We, we met him, and that he, he was, was so easy to talk to. It, and you know, of course, for a group of Disney fans, we're you know sitting in the presence of greatness yeah. with Marty Sklar. You know, we were all on edge, and he just had this way of making you feel so comfortable. Um, never, just really, you know, a, a true Disney legend. And and he, uh, one of the things that he was very passionate about. Um, I know that uh, you know we made donations um, when he would do appearances for us to the Ryman the Ryman Arts Foundation. Herb Ryman, uh, the legendary Disney artist, who was the man who basically did that sketch of Disneyland that Roy took to the banks uh, back in the fifties, was a very good friend of Marty's, and uh, Marty was part of a foundation that uh, the Ryman Arts Foundation that raised money to help, uh, help I guess, teach kids. Well, Charles, you know more about it than I do. You, you went and you... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's really interesting, and I could have used something like this when I was growing up. But um, what happened is when Herb Ryman passed away in, like, 89, um, six people got together and they formed uh, the Ryman Art Foundation, or Ryman Art. Um, and I think it was... It was uh, uh, the Sklar couple, the Price couple, Ryman's sister, and uh, Walt Disney's daughter who got together and they formed it. And what it generally does is it takes kids with like an artistic talent and it gives them classical education in addition to the regular schooling. But the, one of the really cool things about it is like 80% of the students that they have are from underprivileged houses or underprivileged schools with like high, high dropout rates. So generally, like, it's art classes going to the students who could use them the most and who wouldn't have that opportunity. But it's all, um, it's like, I think 
think 150 counties in Southern California that I'll go to it. But it's a really, really and there's like they, they and there's like they do like 40 some odd classes and yeah. It started out with um, it started out with 12 students in 1990 and they had one class and now it's up to 40 classes and 600 wow. students and that's ah. 600 students annually. So they've helped over 6,000 students at this point. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, and one fun fact I learned while I was looking at that was. Uh, uh, Herb Ryman's sister is actually the first female Hollywood executive and pretty famous in her own right. Ryman did a bunch of stuff um, not related to Disney, like posters for Ringling Brothers and stuff. So he had a really successful art <coughs> career. Um, and the foundation in his honor kind of um, honors that. But uh, Marty Sklar was a huge part, a uh, huge influence for a lot of these students when they were coming in. So it's um, it's not directly Disney-related, but still just touching lives and managing to, to change a lot of lives for these kids so yeah, it's really really cool and you know like if anybody has an artistic bent that's not a terrible place to put your money yeah so. and you know uh, I, I think it was last week's show we were talking about last week or the week before I forgot they all run together um, we were talking about uh, you know Disney's habit lately of handing out Disney Legend Awards <laughs> to people that really have a you know not a great connection to the company. It doesn't make sense. Um, this is what a Disney legend looks like. Marty Sklar is what a Disney legend looks like. Um, now, they're obviously, they're not all Marty. But there's a lot of Martys in the offing right now, in the company, working currently. Um, a lot of people that have done great work in the company that deserve that recognition. I know Disney does give them legend awards, but... You know, they throw in the Oprah Winfrey's and the Whoopi Goldbergs because that looks better on a press release. I mean, Marty, though, was just in a complete different level, too, in that because, you know, he, he helped. He started off like doing Disneyland news, but then Walt brought him in and he was working on scripts and, and uh, you know, he was a big part of why Epcot was the way it was once it came full circle. And so he's almost, too, like he's one of the voices of Walt Disney, mm-hmm. not just someone who worked with him. Like he truly is. Walt has spoken, his, he spoke his words before, and that's that's something that not a lot of any of the Disney legends can, can really say. Uh, so, um, especially the ones who are left, it just you know, any anytime you get a chance to see a, one of the older uh, Imagineers, definitely take advantage of it because um, you know there's there's just not not that many around like I, i'm so glad that I, i've seen him speak before i got to take a photo with him when you and i did that destination d event where we met him and tony baxter that, right. was, that was my only time getting to meet him but i've heard him speak many times i will never it's, forget it's the amazing. look on your face that night yeah, you, you oh, yeah. did look scared oh I mean, just from the i saw the photo on uh, on facebook but you looked terrified oh, I, 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 I absolutely was it was one of the the biggest moments for me as a disney fan and all the cool stuff i've ever seen or done and like i'm so grateful i had the opportunity to to do that and then you know since since then like doing connecting with walt we've had the chance to do interviews with bob gore uh bob gurr floyd norman uh other just massive disney legends it's so anytime you have the chance to hear them speak take full advantage of it because they're not going to be around forever i think one of the craziest things was that at d23 you know two weeks before he passed away i i I was at the parks and resorts panel and we literally sat right behind i was right behind him one seat behind him and he seemed totally fine he seemed like he was uh, completely he seemed happy to be there had a lot of energy 
I would have never expected. Never imagined. It. No, yeah. and they did not. They did not release what the cause of death was. I'm guessing because you know the week before he was at D23 and seemed fine that this was unexpected. Right. But I don't know that for a fact. Um, but yeah, he was just at D23, and I mean he he traveled around. I mean he was active. He did stuff. Right. So. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, again, 83 years old, um, lived a, a long, prosperous life, um, but still very sad for those yep. of us who, you know, continue to appreciate his work. And, you know, that's the benefit of a life lived like that. You know, he's got a legacy that's going to live on, live on well past him um, in the parks and in the things that, is, that, he, that he worked on with Disney. So um, very sad. But uh, yeah, so all right, let's uh, let's move on to our next story. Less sad. Um, uh, Comcast held their second quarter earnings call uh, last week, and uh, was nothing but good news, especially for the theme parks, with revenue at the parks up fifteen point six percent for the quarter, uh, thanks to the continued success of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal Studios Hollywood as well as the opening of Volcano Bay, Universal Orlando, and the Minion Park in uh, Universal Studios Japan. Theme pork, theme porks. Okay. Well. <laughs> Tastes good. <laughs> theme pork? Well, theme, I think theme pork, I, I would have I I called. I need a fast pass. When I, was, when I was heavier, I would have referred to myself as a theme pork. Um, but uh, theme parks... So higher attendance and per capita spending, and there was a favorable comparison due to the timing of spring break and Easter, which both had occurred in the first quarter of 2016. So um, overall, uh, revenue up 17%, um, and they're posting higher attendance numbers. So it's an interesting dichotomy to what we're seeing at Disney World posting a lower uh, l- lower attendance numbers, but higher earnings because right. they're jacking the prices. I, I think one of the things too is not only jacking the prices up, but also Disney likes to focus a lot more on the special events than Universal Studios likes to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that really brings in a lot more revenue too, even without you know as many people coming through the turnstiles. You know, now you're you you're obviously you're a big Universal fan. Yeah, um, and yeah. spent a lot of time in at Universal Hollywood. Right. Um, what kind of impact has Wizarding World had on on that park from well, your perspective. At, at first, it didn't seem like it was having that much of an impact when it first opened, and I didn't know, you know, whether you could chalk that up to it was kind of an old land that has been in a couple different places for a few years already or what. But now it's really taken off. It's super crowded over there all the time. Their attendance is up constantly. I, I know for a fact that their attendance is up. Uh, basically what they even higher than they expect it to be every day almost mm. um and they're they're selling they've sold more wands uh there was a period there where they sold more wands than any other uh harry potter land did really yeah um in um they're doing really well uh, from from my perspective they're doing very well and they're going to keep on going they're and and especially because um i think they just announced that um, the Olympics are coming in 2028 oh, yeah. to the to Los Angeles. That's going to be crazy. NBC is going to. Oh, I would not be surprised. I'm I'm I would not be surprised if we see a second theme park over there. Really? Well, I mean, they got time. Yeah. Do they, they have time. land? 
Yes, they do. They do. They do. Okay. Yeah. I buy two wands for every theme pork I eat. I use it like chopsticks. <laughs> and it looks Oh, you don't do the yeah. skewer maneuver? No, you don't, I don't do, do like do the barbecue? No. Took no, you a long time to come up with that, didn't you? Yeah, he was, sitting there. Yeah, there was smoke there was smoke coming out of his ears after I said theme pork. Oh, somebody has to fill in for John. God, You're a joke. sad replacement for Mr. Major. I sure am. Um, you know, the uh, Wizarding World gets a lot of credit for the attendance, attendance increase, but are we sure it's not Race Through New York with Jimmy Fallon? That is really <laughs> universal to boost here. Craig, maybe? I've gone on record saying it's a terrible attraction. Yeah. You so and I don't. every other living being on the planet, I don't think there has been, and I don't want to turn this into a universal show, but... Um, I, 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 don't, I don't remember the last time a new attraction got so many bad reviews. I mean, and they weren't just bad. They were visceral, the ones I read. Visceral. It's because it's not a good attraction. There's yeah. nothing groundbreaking about it besides the, uh, how the queue works. And I will say, it's, the queue is the best queue experience at any Attraction anywhere because it's essentially not a queue. It's it's a giant waiting room that's completely air conditioning with entertainment, games, and charging outlets on seats. I mean, what what more does a theme park fan want? Yeah. <laughs> Besides theme pork. Sure but then you, then you have to pay for it by being subjected to uh, another can, motion simulator. You, you can just walk out the door. A you don't bad have to. motion simulator at that, from what I understand. I won't go on it because I hate those motion I think it feels fine. Like for a motion simulator, I think it's a decent motion simulator. But it, again, it's a motion simulator. So, yeah. So no. And cares. I think, don't you think they need to get again? I don't want to go too much further on this, right. but um, don't you think they need to get away from motion sims? It's like I think they like do. everything that comes out is a motion mm-hmm. simulator. I think they do, and they think I think they know they need to because every time they come out with a, uh, a guest survey, it always asks, "Do you think there's too many screens in the park?" So if they're asking that question... So they're reading the boards. Yeah. If if they're asking that question, they know there's an issue. I mean, you know, it's just about... They have to look at a a spreadsheet and see how much money they think they're going to make you know, either way, is, is it going to make is it going to make sense for us to make these animatronics and spend millions of dollars and then have to do millions of dollars of upkeep? Will that bring in money like we want it to, or should we just do another simulator ride? You know, it's as much as people don't want to see more simulator rides, it still brings in tourists. Yeah. So it's hard for them to turn that down sometimes. Yeah, true, true. All right, uh, next news story. Um, this one, these always scare me. Um, and I'll explain why in a second. But according to the Orlando Sentinel, uh, along with a press conference that was held uh, last week by the Service Trades Council Union, which is uh, representative of several of the unions at, at Disney World, um, they have made clear that they are asking Disney for some concessions in the upcoming negotiations. Uh, They want an acceleration toward a living wage for all workers. The union is claiming that 8,000 of its members are making $10 an hour now, and those positions will not rise to $15 per hour until 2028 under the current deal. Uh, They want cost of living raises for veteran employees who were hired as far back as the 1970s. According to the union, some longer-term employees have not been getting the same pay raises as some of the newer ones have. They want simplified schedules for pay increases for all employee classifications. Um, Talks begin on August 28th and could last to October 24th. If both sides do not reach an agreement by then, they will move on to issues. They're going to start with the wage issue. Um, So 
This is a this this union is representing thirty, ultimately representing thirty eight thousand cast members uh, in this, and um, just the way that they're first of all they're they're taking a, a much different approach to their negotiation. This is the first time I can think that I can remember. It may not I, I could be wrong, but this is the first time I can remember that a press conference like this was held in advance of negotiations starting. So I think they are looking to take a different tact um, with how they go into these negotiations. Um, but I, you know, every time I hear stuff like this, I panic because I'm afraid they're going to go out and strike. Um, and I don't I don't fear that from the standpoint of Disney or business or anything like that. Um, I will not cross a picket line. I will not cross a picket line. Um, my father was a teamster. My grandfather was a teamster. My brother, my uncles um, have been in the union. You know, uh, we come from a union family. And that was just kind of beaten into my head as a kid. You don't cross a picket line. I worked for UPS when they went out on strike. And fortunately... Had a bo- I was in management. I had a boss who understood that my father would kill me if I, if I crossed a picket line. So I was allowed to take a couple weeks off. Um, but I won't. I won't cross a picket line if there's one at Disney. I won't do it. Um, and so I'm really hoping for personal reasons. But I don't think, you know, on its face, I don't think anybody can disagree with any of these points here. I'm talking some of these positions won't make $15 an hour until 2028. Uh, you're talking about people that have been working at the park for years and years and years that are not getting the same kind of raises as newer employees. So, I, I mean, Disney's, you know, going to have their answer to this. Um, but, look, I, I worked at Disney. It's... You know, I did the college program, also a non-college program as full-time. It's, granted, the, the wages have increased a little bit, but it's it's pretty hard to, even with overtime, you know, working 60, 60 hours a week, it, it was pretty hard to, you know, to, to make a, you know, they just want a living wage. I was very familiar with the dollar menu at Wendy's. I was very familiar with cheap beer um, and, and rooming with a lot of people. I mean, I, I feel yeah. for them. I well, mean, I really do. This is, this kind of goes back to something I have been saying for a long time. Um, first of all, so much of the frontline cast members are college program. I've heard estimates as high as 60%. Of frontline cast members are effectively temporary help. These are not full-time. They're temporary help. They're on contracts for four, six, nine months, depending on where they're coming from and what they're doing. Um, you are not going to get the level of service. Not that there aren't great people on the college program. I don't want anybody to think that I hate the college program and the people on the college program. It's nothing like that. There are some amazing cast members on the college program. Some of them work for me now. Um, so I know how good they are. But even those cast members will readily admit the vast majority of folks on the college program are there to have a good time. They're not invested in this. They're not invested in the Disney legacy. They're not invested 
in the, 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 the work, yeah, and a- nor should they be because they're not being paid for that. They're not being paid for it. So when you have the vast majority of your, of, of your staff is basically temporary help, that's the quality you're going to get. We're talking about how Disney is trying to discourage crowds by raising prices. So it's a more expensive experience. We're seeing them literally invest billions of dollars in new areas to theme parks, new attractions, new hotels, which I'm all for. Well, you know what? A little piece of that pie of those billions of dollars is going to need to go into this to these guys. Cut back on the college program. Expand the number of full-time workers you are hiring. Pay them more. And if you want to see what the difference in service will look like, take a drive up I-4 and go to Universal. Because Universal doesn't utilize a lot of temporary help. They have some, but it's not 60% of their workforce. And arguments can be made that those cast members should probably be paid more as well. But they are full-time. They are invested. They are trained. And as a result, I see it every time. I go to Universal and I go to Disney. I can see it. I go out to Disneyland. Not a massive college program out there. Again, not 60% of the, of the frontline cast members. Small, see the small difference. percentage, yeah. See the difference. Yeah. You can tell the difference in the quality of service. If you're going to charge more, if you're going to charge the prices you're, you're charging, and I'll defend you on that, then you have to invest some of that money back in this. So I really hope the uh, SETU puts the screws to them, get some of these concessions. Um, well, it doesn't, um, it doesn't just affect the 30,000-plus cast members either. Um, the last time that the wage increase happened, the $10 by 2016, uh, I think back in 2010 was when the negotiations happened, uh, the last time that happened, all of the other surface industries around had to follow suit yep. and match Disney. So, like, you're talking about well over 30,000 people in the Orlando area who are working for Disney. <clears throat> then you're talking about thousands of people who are not working for Disney. Disney sets the precedent. Disney sets the stage. So if they treat their workers in a way that can give them a living wage, other people will treat their workers in a way that will give them a living wage. So it affects a lot of lives just based on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a ripple effect. Disney has a huge effect on, on how... Uh, on, on how the whole the whole of Central Florida pays its employees, not just uh, not just in the theme park. So your points well taken. Um, so going to be very interesting to see what happens with this. I don't think we're staring at the potential of a strike right now, but the holidays are coming, folks. And if the winter union, is coming, winter is coming. <laughs> I love that he's in a Game of Thrones now. Um, but I'm, I'm be interested to see. You know that is a tactic unions will use. That the holidays are coming. Big money for Disney. Big crowds. Horrible time for a strike. Horrible time for a strike. More importantly, horrible time for a strike for their cast members. Um, so. Let's see what happens. You know, you look at the dates here. October 24th. Um, you know, 
is the is the window for uh, wage negotiations. If things don't go well, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Not predicting it, but certainly not uh, not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, I, I I know that over at Disneyland, there were some cast members upset during D twenty three, and they were out there picketing kind of by Disneyland. They were kind of getting in, getting upset at people who were going to D twenty three, getting upset. And people going to Disneyland because they weren't being paid. They felt they weren't being paid enough. But they weren't on it strike. They were just they demonstrating. They were demonstrating. Yeah, yeah. they weren't on. Okay, strike, don't tell me I crossed a picket line. No, you, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> Repeatedly, they were demonstrating. <laughs> they were demonstrating. It, you know, so it's just, I'm, all I'm saying is this isn't the first time that we've heard. You know, it's like the, the, this happens a lot, and it's unfortunate. I don't know. Well. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, all right, that is going to do it for the news. Before we move on to rapid fire, um, it surprises him every week. Surprises him every week. Um, I uh, uh, before we move on to rapid fire, I have to speak slowly while my producer initiates a Skype call with another member of my team who is currently. Over in Animal Kingdom, and there he is, Mr. Steve, Mr. Steve Porter. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? Can you hear oh. me? Hey guys. Hey Steve. There. Oh, Steve's dark. Yeah. Um. So, uh, where are you, Steve? I am in Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and it is extremely crowded today. Define extremely crowded for me, Steve. I'm looking at 155 minutes for Flight of Passage, and it was up as high as 180. Um, and River Journey was as high as 110. Now it's gone down to about 90. Um, but this is not just in Pandora. Uh, throughout the parks, uh, our park, uh, um, Everest was at 50. Dinosaur was at 45. The Safari was at 60 minutes. So we're looking about an hour for all these attractions today. Now, you know, we're hearing, you know, anecdotally, we're hearing reports that, you know, uh, Epcot and some of the other parks, not nearly as crowded this summer as they normally would be. Uh, some of that is uh, because, you know, all these announcements about what's coming and uh, with Star Wars Land and other things, people are saying we're going to hold off and wait. But how much of it do you think is uh, people being drawn over to Animal Kingdom? I mean, I think that that's a good portion. I actually uh, had some of the listeners, I met some listeners earlier that actually said that exact same thing. They said, we were in uh, a couple of the other parks and they noticed that the crowds were lower, but when they came here, they were kind of blown away by, by what the crowds looked like today. Um, so I'm, I think that might be exactly it. So Pandora is having, ultimately, having its, uh, its intended effect. It needed to boost attendance in that park, and it certainly is. Yeah, certainly. I mean, just just to give you an idea of what 110 minutes looks like for River Journey, uh, when I walked in this morning, the um, the guests were lined up to the, the the welcome sign for Pandora across the bridge. Wow! Oh hell no! So, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, standing out in the sun, there was no formal line, so it was just kind of madness of people like all bunched together. Uh, it was. I mean, at one point, there was a, for the fast pass line at Flight of Passage, the line was getting so long for the fast pass line that they had cast members working as crossing guards so that some guests could pass as the fast pass line went through, and then they had to stop guests, and then, like, wow. it was, it, it's just insanity. 
Well, it's definitely having an effect. So what is your favorite thing over there right now, Steve? I know you're over there oh, quite a bit. It's got to be Flight of Passage. I think nostalgia aside, it's my favorite Disney attraction. Um, it, the, the 40 effect, the, the misting, the error, it's the most well-done simulating simulator attraction I've ever been on, hands down. That's what I'm hearing from everyone. Yeah. The same thing. And, and, yeah, and I, I, it's one of those attractions where I don't care if you've never seen Pandora or, or Avatar the movie. Excuse me. This, even if you have no idea what you're getting into, the technology on this attraction alone stands up for itself as something as a must-do. I think when comes to vacation at Walt Disney World. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, go uh, go get yourself some lunch, or you know, you got a fast pass, don't you? I do actually. So I I got this. Uh, Fast Pass from when we did the annual pass holder preview, it was uh, Flight of Passage was actually down and I forgot this is in my car uh, that will give me a Fast Pass so I might jump on right before uh, right after this. And wave it in front of everybody waiting in line. Do that, just like, you know. (laughs) VIP coming through. Yeah, there you go. All right, Steve, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. All right, take care now. Bye. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to rapid fire. Ms. Eccles, who will you offend today? Gosh, Pete, I don't know. I pick Corey. Sweet. Let's go. I was trying to offend you <laughs> later. You and me. Okay. Um, last week on the show, we talked about a 30% discount for annual pass holders and Disney Vacation Club members at select restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, they've now added Tables in Wonderland members to this list. So um, the discount is only available, valid, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at selected restaurants. And here they are again. I know you named them off, but I'm going to name them again. Chico, Flying Fish, The Wave, Citrico's, The Grand Floridian Cafe, Olivia's Cafe, Boat Rides, Turf Club, Bar and Grill, Artist Point, and Captain's Grill. So 30% off. I'd- Before 6.30 and after 8.30 at mm-hmm. those restaurants for dinner. So now it's Tables in Wonderland through well. September 30th. Through September 30th. Yep. So so strange. I th- I feel like this this all sale stuff is so strange this summer. Uh, it's I I think again perfect storm. Um, you know, some of that that intention on Disney's part to lower the crowds uh, because of the bad press they've been getting about them. So raising the prices, um, having unintended consequences in the restaurants requiring this you have people that are saying if i'm going to spend that kind of money i'm waiting till everything's open that's the downside of announcing 18 construction projects um and so i think that's kind of what they're what what they're dealing with right now this works well for locals though that oh it's great for locals and that's part that's what it's aimed at that's it that's, that's what it's aimed yeah. at i mean those are great Gico and like grand floridian cafe and stuff it's like wow you would okay expect- well don't do not put Gico and grand floridian uh, cafe you know, in I'm the just same saying, breath okay i'm not saying you're right you're i'm i'm not saying that they're both the same quality but i'm you're just too saying new, you're too new i will fire you for that. <laughs> i'm sorry didn't mean i'll make you mean anything like tonight. that i just i just <laughs> mean that these are places that people want to go to you offended you think, pete you know? now what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, especially, you know, when you when you talk about, you know, it, it bothers me yeah. to hear it necessary at Gico and at Flying Fish. Two, my two favorite restaurants on property. Right now, the Flying Fish is kind of edging out Gico for me. It kind of goes back and forth, but um, that's how good they are. They uh, These are places that I have no trouble recommending to people because they're consistently good. 
the, the service, the food, the quality, the atmosphere, you name it, top to bottom, inside and out, consistently good experiences that are worth, in my opinion, what they're charging for the food. So that these guys are having to do this bothers me. They shouldn't. Um, boat rights. Boat rights should be a fire sale every day of the week. Food you is crap. Like it's terrible. The food is terrible. Uh, it's no, got its place. It's got its, you it's, know, got its never, place in hell. Yeah. I've never been there, so I don't know. I've never been there. So. No, it's terrible. Boat but if you terrible. do feel that you need a date for Jico or Flying Fish between 6.30 and 8.30 before September 30th, I am open. Oh, I have dates. Well, how about, you know, your sister while I'm here? No, we haven't done that in a we long time. We haven't done that in a long time. All right, we'll do I'm it next week. i Siberia, you know. <laughs> okay. We'll do it next week. Okay. Seriously. It's on. It's on. You and me. You and me. Okay, All right. <laughs> All right, thank you, Teresa. <laughs> That's why she picked that one. This was, all, this was, a, lo- this was a long con. Long okay? way around. This was a long con. Wow. So, all do right. Do what you got to do, people. <laughs> Charles, what do you got? Um, actually, Steve just reminded me I still have my uh, fast pass from that same annual pass holder preview. Uh, so when I go back to Pandora, I, assuming I have three people with me, I can take advantage of... Uh, I need to go. Huh? I need to go. I haven't and been I was either. Mm-hmm. I have not been yet. That's odd. Oh, yeah, me you should either. go. Yeah, you should check it out. Look I, at me, Charles. Me either. Don't go. There's three people right there. It's a date. She's just dating everybody around the table. Setting up dates here. No, you know what? Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Why don't we go to Pandora, do that, and then all of us go over to Jico for dinner. Yeah. I'm not arguing. And then you'll go to that ice cream place she has in Coco. And then I'll take you all out to Coco. Right? And I'll be back in California. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. See now, so, Charles. See Charles. That's how Charles got in on the long con. So these two were probably coordinating this before I walked in the studio. Go ahead, Charles. Um. Uh. Anyway, yeah. So at the uh, Satu Lee Canteen uh, restaurant in Pandora, um, they uh, have a create your own bowl that now feeds up to four people for seventy five bucks. So it's like a family style a thing. What? Um, they do uh, they, uh, they do these bowls there, um, and if you don't know what you want and you want to sample different things, um, for seventy five dollars you can get an assortment of things. To what the hell's in this like. bowl for seventy five dollars? Oh well, uh, maybe it's, it's actually it, it looks like it's kind of an a la carte thing. Yeah, <clears throat> well no, it's not it's not a la carte. Well, it's I, like um, right. like a, a family style, everybody you know pick and choose kind of. I mean, thing. you put your own thing together. That's yeah, right. okay. Craig right. and I so, were talking oh, this morning about this because that's exactly what they did for the media event. Mm-hmm. You know they don't they don't want to make you choose. They wanted us to try everything, and so we had a big table, and they put, I would say, twice the size of this. Yeah, but we were able to pick so, and choose. It was so awesome. we have to eat. So out the, same the main the main thing of Satoli Canteen, it's got the like the cheeseburger pods, vegetable curry pods, but the big thing there is you make your own combination bowl. So think Chipotle. Walk in, you have your choice of meats, what side you want with it, and they present it to you. Well. They've made so many combinations. Uh, you, there's so there's so many combinations you can make of it. They're now making it all. We're going to give you every single thing on one giant platter for this amount of money, and then you can pick and choose. Which, again, like Corey said, it's what we did on the media day, which we enjoyed it thoroughly there because we're like we're never going to get to do this again. Where we have it all in front of us, so now I don't have to worry about like you know I, maybe I don't like the sweet potato hash maybe I'd rather right. have the quinoa I have, I have no point of reference for this not having been over there um, is there anything they can do with this bowl 
that's worth seventy five dollars. Well, I mean, first of all, it feeds it feeds up to four people, so that seventy five dollars is split among them. Right. They but, claim that it's uh, forty eight possible combinations, um, uh, which you can make or your family can make. They give you they give you all the different types of like protein, uh, chicken and fried tofu, fish and roast beef. What if you don't eat meat? What if you don't eat meat and someone's meat's touching your tofu? No, it's they all I come in no separate bowls. Yeah. It's, it's they, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing is. It says it only it serves four people. I will just flat out say right off the front, we had I think like eight people around us all sharing uh, the same one, a little bit bigger, but we didn't even put it. It's a lot. It. It's, a, it's lot. a lot of food yeah. for that price. So, and you know, I, I would say the average cost for a bowl. Um, I think it was like fifteen dollars there. So you know, you're getting you're getting kind of close up there. Um, when it's yeah. all said and done, so I think, I think if you do have a family of four and everyone wants to sample a little bit of this, a little bit of that, this is actually the better way to go than everyone just ordering their own uh, individual. You get more choices bowl. for yeah. your money, is yeah. what you're getting. Exactly. Yeah. It's only offered between five p.m. and close, though. It's not offered the entire day. So. Okay. There you go. All right. It's what's left over at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Charles. Tyler, do you have one? I do. Uh, so everybody knows that the Great Movie Ride is unfortunately closing uh, August 13th. Unfortunately? I Yes, unfortunately. Oh, no. no. Really? Yeah. God, I should have vetted you better. I, 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 so I love... Sad. Well, because, because, it, because, because it's one what? of those rides that I came to Disney World and rode with my dad a bunch of times over and over again. I get it. It's old, and it needs to go. I get it. See, uh, I have great memories there, too, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it back in the day, but the lack of anything being done to it yes. destroyed it for me. It needed to oh. be updated, I, and I and I because I still think that the whole scene where like oh now you have a mobster or now you have a cowboy and then they switch back and everything, I still think that's one of the coolest things that that is. See, ever and I think it's right. cheesy. I think they really cause it is cheesy. You're that's right, what makes it cool, though. No, uh, no. I, I actually think that's such a great idea to have like the bad guy take over as the as the host and and, and lead you guys somewhere. But it, it could have been expanded a little bit. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that. No, no. But where are the kids going to go now to get? Jimmy Cagney and Singing in the Rain. If their parents don't show it to them at home, like I drilled it into my children's heads, where are these unfortunate children going to learn this stuff if they don't learn it on the great movie, right? I, I, I don't know. It's the end of civilization as we know it. I, I don't know what to say. So, yes, it is closing to make way for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which I'm, I am excited about. I like that art style. So, you know, anyway. They are releasing, uh, I guess, I'm not sure if it's already happened, but later this week, um, and then later on, uh, and then online, starting August 10th, they're going to be releasing uh, Great Movie Ride, That's a Wrap uh, merchandise. So they have a couple different t-shirts, they have a pass holder one, and then they also have a hat and an ornament. So kind of Capitalizing me, on it. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like when they got rid of the Osborne lights, honestly. Um, they did the same thing. And as somebody pointed out on Twitter... I forgot who it was, um, that when this closes, Hollywood Studios will have more bars than attractions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I mean, Hollywood Studios is 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 going to be a completely different thing than it ever was originally intended for, and I think it needs to change, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we're, wow. uh, I'll, as much as I'll miss Great Movie Ride, um, and it's something I need to do, like, every time I come to Florida... 
um, it, it needs to go. I understand that. Come over to my house and you can ride through the living room as we watch old movies. And <laughs> Where will kids get their John Weissmuller fix now? <laughs> when, are those, exactly. when is the merchandise going on sale? Uh, uh, it's, it says later this week, but then starting uh, August 10th, it should be available online as well. So. Okay. I'm t- I usually don't buy that stuff, but this one is touching me. Aww. Aww. Well, something needs to. You know what? The first time I rode through that ride and you get to the very end with all the movie scenes and Marlon Brando screams out Stella and Stella was in the car with me. She was like five. She thought everybody in the in the vehicle knew her name and she <laughs> hit the floor like a ton of bricks like they're looking at me. And no, honey, I'm the only one that knows it. But her name is Stella. And she's getting misty. Yeah, right. I am. Just thinking about it. Bored. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, thank oh, you. Sorry. Thank you, Teresa. Really? Would you like to sit here? Yeah, she would, actually. All right, I have thank two. You, Tyler. So I have two, yep. so I'll keep them fast. Uh, new Tiger Cubs expected at Disney's Animal Kingdom in August. Okay. Uh, Sumatran Tigers at Disney's Animal Kingdom are the expectant parents of Tiger Cubs in August. I just reread the title. Um, both Tigers are part of the Maharaja Jungle Trek, uh, the walking tour in Asia. Uh, the Disney Conservation Fund has released the following statement. Uh, Disney is involved in efforts to save critically endangered Sumatran tigers. To date, the Conservation Fund has provided nearly $2.5 million to protect tigers and their habitats. These critically endangered tigers are typically only found in the island, um, on the island of Indonesia, and there is reportedly fewer than 500 left in the wow. world. Now, although these are reported, they, they say they'll be born in August, I doubt we'll be able to see them in August. They're not going to put them out there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm not an expert in that field. But it's kind of I love cool. I love that exhibit. I mean, Me they, there's only two, like two areas you can really see, and mm-hmm. you can, you kind of go up the stairs and try to look at them this way. Yeah. And one walks, you run down, you look. Yeah, the they're window. down there in the shade yeah. or something. But it's it's a great thing to see. The other one is also an uh, Animal Kingdom Tarzan meet and greet opportunity is ending. Starting September 30th, Tarzan will no longer be meeting meeting guests Damn. at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yet there are some good news. Whoever wrote this, um, on October 1st, 2017, oh. guests will have the opportunity to meet I'll Timon. Take, I'll take Jackie Gailey for a thousand, please. <laughs> right? Are there exclamation well, points? Timon all and over? Tarzan, same body type. You know, they both kind of. <laughs> Wait, that's the upside. We're losing Tarzan, but we're getting Timon. Yeah, yeah Timon. no. You know, it's the same no. guy. In the- Tarzan was so hot. Is well, go look at. I think they're trying to save his dress spray tan. What's that? I said his dreads kind of freak me out. Yeah, I don't like his hair. (laughs) It's kind of hot. It's kind of that's kind of sexy. I'm just kind of like, what what keeps those dreads together? I've been single. I've been single too long. (laughs) I've been single too long. That must be it. I'm looking at dreadlocks, going, hmm, okay. If you start looking at Timon that way, you'll have been. Then I know. Then I know I've crossed the line. I've crossed the line. I need to get married. Timon has abs. Story. That was one story. The Timon and the. And the Tarzan? That's why I combined them into two rap, two different rapid fires, both in Animal Kingdom. And that uh, Tarzan will be fed to the tigers. Oh, okay. Uh, um, yes. So, all right. Thank you, Corey. Craig. Okay. So um, the new minivans are now completely rolled out. So if you are staying, that is, at um, the Boardwalk or the Yacht and Beach Club. So those are the only places right now you can, uh, you can use the minivan 
from. Uh, you can book it via Lyft if you have the Lyft app um, on your phone. If not, download it so you can use it. As we talked about, I believe, last week, um, you know, it's it's a flat $20 fee no matter where you want to go on property. Fits six people. Always will have two car seats, which I'm in the... I'm in the game of why do kids need car seats when they're on Disney? Everything's magical there. Just let them sit in their own seat. Oh, oh good um, lord! Choke but, in a wreck. Yeah. Uh, let me call a minivan for Kylie to take her somewhere. <laughs> okay, we're not going to get back okay, on that. <laughs> that's that's over and done with. It's okay. Uh, minivans, you can use them from 6:30 a.m. to 12:30 a.m. And yeah, so if you're staying I heard at those the drivers hotels, don't take tips. Is that true? Um, I didn't read that i didn't know if it's like i heard that somewhere i don't know if it's true or not i mean if it's through the lyft app i'm surprised that it wouldn't just be like normal lyft and it has the do, option um, to tip. do people get a, a discount if we give them a code you know you can give somebody a free ride um because my code is i don't really have one right now I'm looking, but telling you, i'm just trying to help people out <laughs> free rides I do not believe that. Nothing against the drivers, but if it's $20 a ride, I hope that you're not expected to tip. I I mean, I don't know. If they're uh, making a living wage. I, oh. I get it. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I hope they're making the money they should be getting. I, I would say they probably are because yeah. I'm sure that they had to go through extra training, extra qualifications in order to even become a driver this way so uh usually you know it's like if you work in an attraction if you're in a speaking role on the jungle cruise you get paid more than you get if you're just pushing buttons at expedition everest so i would assume with this too they have another another level of tier that they get paid and they get paid more well because every time they, they get, get in paid a, more well, they, yeah, more well. <laughs> exactly i don't get paid for speaking well um just for talking uh but yeah they you know every time they get someone in their car you know, they're, they're, if you think about it in a bleak way, you're putting people's lives at risk, really, that's in your okay, control. what's going to happen so. in these cars? <laughs> Minivans. It's a van. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not a van. Are they, they taking them around, around, in, are they taking around in 78 Ford Pintos? I mean, <laughs> that'd just be, you know, oh. once they get on I-4 and you start heading to uh, OBT, mm-hmm. then you need to start worrying. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you more well, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Williams. Um, all right. Before we wrap up, a couple weeks ago, um, I had asked folks, we were kind of talking about how some of the experiences that we can have in the parks or some of these, you know, stories that we hear that kind of turn us off, um, you know, how that kind of makes it challenging sometimes as fans to kind of keep the magic of it alive. And so I asked folks to share their stories with us. Um, of what they do uh, to keep the magic alive when they're not when they're not here, uh, and I picked a few. We're only going to talk about a couple of them, but I'm going to take the rest of them and uh, we're going to post them. Uh, I'm going to post them on the site because there's some great stories uh, in there. Some of them were too long to go into here. Others uh, just you know didn't make the cut for no particular reason. But uh, starting off, uh, Kate wrote. Uh, for starters, I love to talk about Disney memories with my family, uh, former Disney College uh, program roommates, and my boyfriend. It's amazing how those cherished stories never get old, no matter how many times you talk about them. Um, also, don't tell my boss, but when I get bored at work, I sometimes... And she's not the only one to have written this. I sometimes set an imaginary budget and plan a trip. I probably won't get to take any of these vacations anytime soon, but it's a blast just to plot out what parks I'll hit on what days, restaurant reservations, resort activities, what I'll pack, and more. 
I like organizing and saving money, so this is fun for me. I understand it might actually make other people sad, though. Um, I don't think so. No. You get bored at work, your mind wanders to your happy place, and... Next thing you know, you've got a whole trip planned. Yeah. You know, we haven't done it in a long time, but Disney Park Bench was, I was thinking of my mom yeah. working in, in, a, in a job she hates. Yeah. And like when the, the bosses aren't around. Hopefully her she, boss doesn't watch. Well, she, no, she's now retired, <laughs> so I can now say it, um, was Disney Park Bench, where you don't really need the, yeah. the music or, or the sound on, and you just kind of sit there and you just dream away. You do it. But, yeah. there, a couple of times... Um, I wasn't bored at work, mind you, but I would on my lunch hour or <laughs> like I lunch, to throw that in. lunch two hour, we'd walk down to the beach and I'd do a live video of the beach and people would be like, oh, I needed that. I'm sitting here at work and right. I just need a little escape and you gave it to me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, she also adds, finally, I try to remember that Disney really knows no limits. I lived down in Orlando for four months on my college program and definitely understand getting a little bored and or sick of Walt Disney World at times. But having been there so many times only led me to head out to Disneyland. And now I'm planning a trip to Alani. I love learning about the parks abroad, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, even Vero Beach and Hilton Head. Plus, you've also got an enormous library of movies, TV, and music with history behind it all. I guess if you zoom out a little and see more than just the Magic Kingdom, it really helps make the little things that bug you kind of acceptable. And you know, that's a common theme in all, almost all the emails that we received um, is about shifting perspective when you start getting focused on what's wrong. Um, and not that that is about denying what's wrong or not acknowledging what's wrong, but maybe shifting perspective onto things that aren't negative. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for that, Kate. Uh, Ken wrote um, that he loved the conversation about losing the Disney magic. Uh, in September, he's taking a trip with his parents. It will be his daughter's first time and probably the last time he will get to go with his dad. He writes, he has early onset dementia, and it has progressed very fast. When you only get to go once every two years, or you know that it will be your last time with someone you love, it's hard to excuse ride maintenance or a cast member that is just having a bad day. Something that is so precious to you can be stolen in an instant. That said, I've started doing uh, two things that have helped me keep the magic alive. First, I've stopped worrying about buying most mass-produced souvenirs. I do buy the occasional Mickey ears, but I mainly stick to the handmade pieces. This helps remind me that Walt Disney World is an experience, not a product. Love that, Ken. Absolutely love that. Despite the price increases, Disney is still a good value for the experience, and each experience, regardless of what happens, is special in its own way. Second, I've realized that losing the Disney magic is a luxury for people who go multiple times. Also an awesome observation. I have a friend in Michigan who is 29 and has never been able to make it to Walt Disney World. So I started focusing on the experience of other guests. I help them take pictures, provide directions, let them stand in front of us and do whatever I can to help make their experience better. Um, so I thought that was, that was an awesome, yeah. again, perspective. That, it's a lux- you know, that, that losing the magic is a luxury for those of us that get to do this over and over and over and over again. Right. For example, like the uh, when Steve was talking about the wait at, uh, you know, Flight of Passage. Now, I say hell no because I'm not going to wait in that because I can go next week or whatever. I can plan a fast pass and go the day that I, I do it. But for others, that might be their only time. 
but that kind of show it's just you know you kind of lose that like oh nope nope i'll do it next week or a couple weeks but you try to keep that in my head you know it's not everybody can relate yeah and one of the uh one of the good things is like regaining that experience through helping others enjoy their time newcomers remember when i was over on uh disneyland you know like it would bother me if somebody would bring up critiques about disneyland because they were a local like you know i don't want your negativity i'm not going i don't have enough time for this to get old for me but a lot of people came up and they're like this is your first time here and they showed me why they loved it and like i noticed they were having a better time because it was my first time, yeah. you know. Yep. So Disneyland's a vacation for us. Disney World is an everyday occurrence. So well, I try and uh, at least once or twice a year, you know, spend a week on property mm-hmm. and kind of treat it mm-hmm. like a vacation, um, so that I'm not completely out of touch with that. But it is hard because we do mm-hmm. live here, and yeah. So like, you know, get ready to go out to Disneyland again in a few weeks, and you know, I've got that excitement. But I really love that yeah. perspective of it, you know, that, that losing that magic is actually the luxury of people who have been so many times. And then you start maybe, again, shifting perspective into one of gratitude that you get to do this. And think about the people that don't. Think about the people mm-hmm. that can't. Um, I think that's maybe one of the reasons I care about the great movie ride so much, for example. Because I live out in California. I don't get to do it whenever true. I can. So when I come out here, it's like one of the things I look forward to. I get to do the great movie ride. I get to remember things about my dad. And it's you know. one of the right. It's one of those things you have an emotional connection. Exactly. to. Exactly. And you know, so it 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 yeah. Very good point. And that comment about taking photos of other uh, people. I mean, I I used to love doing that, but now, you know, you get an angry look. That you know, because now everybody wants a selfie. Like, do you want me to take it for you? No, we need a selfie. I have yeah. a stick. Uh, for all right. I have all a right. stick for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mark from Lakeland uh, writes, I love the show, an annual pass holder, live about 35 minutes from the park. So naturally I'm there multiple times a week. I think the thing for me that keeps the magic alive are the other patrons around me. While it is annoying to get stuck in the parks on a crowded day, I believe that seeing one person meet Mickey for their first time or seeing a small child watch the fireworks in awe just makes all the difference in the world for me and keeps me coming back and loving the park so much. Again, you know, mm-hmm. kind of shifting perspective, you know, that, that idea that it's all about me. It's all about me and it's my experience and nobody else in the world matters. Um, and that just kind of turns that around and kind of focus on, like, you know, the experience other people are having. Um, so I really appreciated that, Mark. Thank you for sending that in. Unfortunately, it seems like the way that they've set up their system, they encourage that type of thought process. Like, they encourage the thought process of, like, this is really important for my family to do. We need to have all this stuff in our schedule. Like this needs to be done for us. You know, it seems like the way that they've set up fast passes kind of, you know, fosters that, that, yeah. that mindset. I think that's how it's evolved. Yeah, I absolutely. I don't know that it's set up that way. Right, I think right. it's evolved into that right. to, to be sure, but it's also, you know, let's be honest. We live in a society where it's all about me. Yeah. And, uh, more and more, you know, we see stories and we see things in real life um, where people are behaving selfishly, where people are taking advantage of someone else, where, you know, we see it's not uncommon. So it's very much an idea, a mindset of this is my experience. I paid for it. I don't care about you. 
And I understand that to a point. People are paying a lot of money to Mm -hmm. be there. They want an experience for them and their family. Um, But I think, you know, a little self-awareness goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Tracy writes, um, I thought I would share with you how I keep the Disney magic alive, not only for me, but for my family as well, uh, who do not always share the level of Disney excitement that encompasses my life. Been there, done that, baby. Um, First of all, I was 35 when I finally made it to Disney, Uh, so I am crazy, and truly that magic will never leave my soul. But my husband, bless him, I love that line, bless Bless him, him. bless his (laughs) heart, bless his heart, Um, is is a little less excited. We live in Michigan, but have enjoyed season passes for two years and been lucky enough to go to Walt Disney World three or four times a year, as well as one to two Disney cruises each year. Shout out to Teresa, my awesome Dreams Unlimited travel agent. Um, she actually wrote that here. Wow. Let me shout out, <laughs> shout out to it. Teresa, my awesome travel agent oh, of Dreams. Oh, 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 Tracy. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I always find a new and exciting adventure to do that will make my husband excited, even if it's not something I love or even will follow him on. My last Disney cruise, he went parasailing on Castaway Key. I stayed safely on the sand, but for him, it was his moment. For a 40-something whose wife drags him to Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line multiple times a year, this was his moment. Uh, or at Food and Wine last year, behind uh, a behind-the-seeds tour, or the year I watched my husband drive over 150 miles an hour around the raceway. Um, I have never seen this man happier. Just thinking outside the box keeps him happy. Our September 2017 trip will include a trip to Kennedy Space Center. Make sure everyone has something to look forward to and the magic will follow. It doesn't always have to be Disney magic for everyone. Central Florida is a wonderful mm-hmm. adventure. So, um, yeah, I, I, having been married uh, to a man who was not a Disney fan, that I had to Bless dig deep. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. I had to dig deep and find things that... We went fishing. We went fishing. We all went fishing. And you then, took my man, too, on that one. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Adventures by Disney was a godsend. Because it was, you know, the Disney part for me, and it was stuff outside of theme parks for him. And getting to go places like London and Paris, or uh, when we did the Mediterranean cruise mm-hmm. with the ABD add-on. Um, and, you it was know, still Disney, but it's still Disney. there was so much more. Oh, when I said we, I am not Pete's ex-husband, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was a part of the group. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people Corey, watch us for the first time. Corey, like, it's okay. We can... Corey, oh, we, we can, read the comments. We can tell them. We can tell them now. It's okay. What are you on today, dude? You're just kind of all uh, all over the place. I, I was not happy last time I was here because I was so exhausted. So I'm yeah. trying to make up for it. Okay. Well, that's that Red Bull you had. Before yeah, the Red you Bull. Yeah, I am still drinking um, Red Bull. But you're so, right. It is. It is all about. But Disney offers. Even if you're in the parks, there's so many things outside the box, outside the bubble, that Disney offers. Like on Castaway, the parasailing, or just mm-hmm. something golfing, well, whatever. I, I know for I, I know for a lot of people, part of what absolutely kind of kills the magic is the attempt to recreate past experiences. Um, when, like, I had you know, I went and I did this and I did this, and I walked away with this amazing feeling. So next time, let me go and do those things again, yeah, and can. it doesn't feel quite the same. It felt magical because it was new. And so finding ways to make it new, finding ways to do something different. And, you know, for some of us who have had all these experiences in the park, yeah, getting outside the bubble 
and trying some or if different your, things. Your spouse or who you're with is not into it. You know, you got to include them, but don't overwhelm them with your excitement. Right. You know, because like, that pulls them down and makes with, them sit on a bench and look at. Them. Okay, I'm well, talking, sorry, that was with, my life. With, with Walter, <laughs> with Walter, getting a cabin at Fort Wilderness. Yeah, he was out of his mind. Yeah. Out of his mind. Yeah. So set you know, him out in the yard. Let him look at the tree. The okay. nice thing about Disney. The nicest thing, one of the nicest things about Disney is there is so much there that no matter what you're interested in, you know, you can find something to connect with. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the challenge for a wife or a husband whose spouse is not a Disney fan is to find those things. But um, that is a cool experience. That is a cool experience when you're able to do that. So, again, this is just a small sampling of the many, many emails we received we're going to go ahead and post all of them over the course of the next week and uh, next show we'll make sure we'll have we'll make sure we have them up by the next show and point uh, point uh, a link to all of them so that is going to do it for our show for today we hope you enjoyed it and we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged thanks for being with us everyone and remember stay out of the damn lakes have a good week <laughs>